0: This is To Dare is Human with your host, Adam Conner. Hey there, back at it again. This is Adam Conner and welcome to another episode of To Dare is Human, a podcast documenting leaps of faith and jumps into passions. If you're new to the show, I encourage you to go back after this and listen to the last episode from our new season two with Joey Kim from Romulus Capital. If you've only got time for one show, then here's the concept. In this podcast, I dissect what I call the dare, the conscious choice to jump into what you love in the face of a shiver thing. The point of spreading this concept is also simple, that pursuing a dream through the three fundamental principles of passion, plan, and persistence can make achieving your goals a reality. And today, do I have the story for you in the world of sports. Everyone's dream is to make the big time, the majors, the top tier, and everybody, regardless of the sport, wants to get to the top. Now, for most of us, that dream tends to tail off around high school or maybe college, and that's only if we put years and years in beforehand, because the competition is just so heated and the chances are so limited. But there are a few which break through, and it's the story of one of those breakthroughs today, which I'm proud to bring to the program. Landon Castle. A driver in the Monster Energy Cup Series, that's NASCAR if you don't watch, and if you don't watch, you should, it's a great sport, started racing at the age of three. From dirt to Daytona, Castle has made his way all the way from the short tracks to the super speedways through sheer devotion to his craft and a refusal to do anything else. I was lucky enough to catch Landon on the phone about a month ago before the race weekend at Chicagoland and talked about his journey. And if I can geek out for just a little bit, if you've seen my YouTube before, and I think I've mentioned it on this podcast a little bit in the past, I'm a huge NASCAR fan and Landon, one of my favorite drivers. So just as a side note, as a fan outside of being a professional, as professional as I can be, this was super cool. Okay. I'm so glad to be able to bring him onto the program and look forward to having you hear his story. So now without further ado, this is NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series driver, Landon Castle. So thanks so much uh, for calling, like I said, um, and this podcast, uh, I think I, I wrote you about it, oh, towards the beginning of the year is, is all about documenting stories of, of folks who are going after uh, their passions and essentially doing what they love. Now, in most cases, that uh, is a story of somebody who was either um, in school or doing something completely different and they dropped out completely to pursue something else. But this is something that you've been doing since, what, three years old. So I guess it's uh, a lifelong thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been racing my whole life. So it's definitely a lifetime commitment.
0: How'd you jump into that? Like were your parents racers as well?
1: No, I didn't really come from a family of racers. Um, I, I grew up in the car business though. And, and, um, and so I kind of always grew up around cars and my dad and my uncle are are definitely real gearheads and always love cars. And, um, and so I kind of just grew up as a NASCAR fan really when I was a, a kid. And, um, and I think my parents really saw the interest, um, saw it in me. And and from a young age, got me uh, go karts, and and it kind of went from there.
0: Well, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, obviously um, to where you are today, the top flight, but. Basically, as you moved up through each, I guess, rung of the ladder, uh, I I, I want to ask about sort of other things that were going on in your life because obviously, right racing is twenty four seven. I'm sure for you nowadays, but you know, back then, I'm sure there was also like like kid stuff, like <laughs> like real life things. So how did you how did you balance that, and also how did you sort of recommit to racing every single time something else came down the line, like whether it was you know. Going full time to school or like anything else. Now I'm assuming going into another career was really out of the cards because this was something that was in your blood. But how did you how did you adapt to like being a regular guy as well as also being sort of a hotshot on the track?
1: Well, I I think the the key to really being um at the pointy end of anything, um, you know, of any sport or any interest or any profession is to have. One hundred and ten percent commitment to it, and and I don't, I wouldn't say that I ever was, um, you know, snapped back and forth between racing and other hobbies or anything like that. I, I was, I think, by the time I was in middle school, I was just so committed to racing and so interested in racing that that's that took up all of my time and all of my interest. So I didn't really, I played a few sports, and I like, you know, I like to play golf. Um, and you know, everybody has some downtime but I never uh I didn't try to juggle too many things other than racing through my high school years. I, I was very, very committed to racing. I mean I think I only went to one high school dance uh my <laughs> really? entire high school career and that but that was just because those those weren't my priorities. It's not like I even at the time I didn't I didn't feel like I was sacrificing um, because as long as I was racing, I was doing what I wanted to do and doing what I was setting out to do. So I didn't, um, I didn't have to really, I wasn't mentally s- bouncing from one thing to the other, um, and having to recommit to racing. Cause I was committed to racing the whole time.
0: Gotcha. That makes total sense. And going from the the sort of one high school dance to the to the big dance, I want to talk about that career uh, move up. Every time uh, there was a there was a new challenge, new league, new competition. Obviously, I'm sure it got more challenging with time as well. Uh, let's talk for a second about um, just sort of how careers tend to go. And what I mean by that is that, you know, uh, everybody I think of myself included in my not racing career uh, is very streaky. So for example, great finish at Darlington. Awesome to see you on top of the uh, on top of the charts for a couple laps there too.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, um, the, you know, the career progression is, is definitely a challenge in the sport, but the, the good news is I feel like drivers couldn't potentially have long careers. So, you know, it, it's, it's just important to kind of keep trying to work your way up and, and, and the focus for me is not always on the greener grass, but as much, um, you know, really maximizing the opportunities that I'm in and, and, and the opportunities that I do have. So, you know, that's, that's where I feel like I've had success is, is if I'm, even if I'm with a team that has less resources than it may take to win the race, it's, um, uh, you know, maximizing every one of those resources and maximizing my relationship with my team, um, it's what produces the best product on track.
0: Absolutely. And you got a great team, uh, at, you know, at the moment. It, it's been it's been awesome to watch sort of your, your results through the year. I was uh, lucky enough to see you once live. I'm going to come see you live again in Texas at the end of the year. Um, and I want to let's let's ask about your tactics for because you mentioned focus I and mean, focus as you, um, you know, stay stay committed and, um, you know, always trying to make the best out of what you have. What are some sort of maybe tactics you have either pre-race or maybe when you're not feeling so hot about yourself or like when basically maybe the pressure's on? What tactics do you use to 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 get through? Everybody, I'm sure yourself included, goes through that kind of thing too.
1: Um, you know, you kind of have to always. I, I go back into the past a lot and try to remember what I'm looking for in the car and and remember what it feels like to, to have what I need in the car and to have, you know, I remember what it, what it feels like to have confidence in, in what I'm looking for. And so, you know, if you can kind of get yourself spun out or, 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 searching a little bit too much or getting frantic in terms of the feel or the feedback or, you know, or, or you feel like you're off base, um, you know, I, I, I tend to look at the past and look at what's, Um, what's worked for me before as a way to center myself and and get a a good reset. Um, and I've had that, that multiple times this year. I mean, we, we haven't had the best year and the best results all, all season long. And so I've had to kind of, kind of recenter myself at times and go, okay, that, you know, this is something that I felt in the past at these tracks. And this is exactly what I know what I'm looking for. Um, and, and, you know, use my feedback to my team based on that.
0: Totally. Totally. So uh, with, the, with the addition of the past couple of years of, of, of Beckham, of course, I'm sure uh, that, you know, he's been very excited to, to come along to the track as well. You planning to have, uh, have your son come up in the racing world as well?
1: Oh, I don't know. It all depends on what he's up to uh, and what he wants to do. But he, he's, he's definitely, you know, he's two right now and he definitely loves planes, trains and automobiles. So he's, um, you know, he enjoys it. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what kind of racing influence he has.
0: <laughs> well, I think he's got a pretty good race influence, but I'm sure that's all up to him. And at two years old, I'm probably sure he's he's not verbalizing full complete 100% sentences all the time saying, yes, dad, I would like to be a NASCAR driver when I grow up. So right. understood. Yeah, totally. Um, one of the things that, you know, uh, one of my favorite things uh, about your course, uh, not just on the track performance, but off the track uh, is your, uh, I think the great thing about NASCAR as a sport, and I'm sure you know, this is the fact that the fans uh, can have such great access. In fact, you know, case in point, here we are on the phone right now, but you've been one of the most active and i think sort of one of the most relatable folks on social media uh, how, how did you sort of catch that cuz it seems like you kept, caught that earlier than a lot of folks um how have you sort of over time learned to in, incorporate that where where did that come from and how is that how is that sort of layered into your entire experience as a as an athlete and as a as a star
1: well honestly i mean i think it's very my social media activity is just it's it's pretty genuine and terms of what i what who i am and what i like to do i mean I, i'm i'm a kid that grew up with the internet um you know social networking is is um, was new when when i spent all my time on the internet in high school and and um you know i've been on pretty much all of those websites and i hadn't had over the years i've had an account on myspace and facebook and zanga and all the you know it's the, the same way everybody else has done it, and, and so I'm, I kind of just feel like I'm a child of the internet. And even if I wasn't a NASCAR driver, um, I would still be on Twitter, and I would still be on all these social networking sites, and just enjoying myself online. And, and so I feel like that um, activity and that interest has helped with my understanding of how internet communication works and how unique internet humor is, um, and how to take something, you know, when, when you're a, a NASCAR driver with a platform and something to say, um, you know, how to incorporate my knowledge of, of how the internet works. Sure. Um, to, to that platform is probably how you can end up with that result.
0: Totally. Who are some of your favorite guys to, to go back and forth with, uh, across like Twitter or Snapchat, uh, other guys out on the track maybe, but online more.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I, I think Dale Jr. is definitely good at it and he definitely gets it. Um, you know, I I like uh, Ryan Trucks Jr. Um, he's he's a pretty good kid online. Um, you know, those are those are a couple of them that are that are good at the internet, I suppose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he pop- Ryan Ryan popped up in an iRacing session I did a couple of months ago, and I was like, whoa, that was like sort of starstruck, even though it was just online. It was just a car going by. That was <laughs> yeah, pretty great. <laughs> that's funny. Do you ever get much into the iRacing? By the way.
1: Um, you know, I'm definitely very into iRacing. I don't currently have a setup, um, but I need to, I'm, I'm uh, probably this off season. I'll probably build one out. I've had one in the past and, um, I have an account that sometimes I'll log in and see what's going on or watch some races or watch some of my friends race, but I haven't actually driven an iRacing race in a while.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Neither have I actually my wheel broke. I got to get a new wheel. Oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, you i just been driving the hell out of it. Basically drove it into the <laughs> ground. Literally. No kidding. Yeah. Um, alright, great. Well, I know we got a couple more minutes, so I normally, uh, I normally have two questions that I ask everybody at the end of, uh, each of these little featurettes, and second one's kind of obvious. It's all about where can we find you, and it's pretty obvious where we can, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep with the first one, and it's all about sort of giving advice, because, Uh, I think you have a pretty unique experience with uh, staying 100% committed to one thing, as you've said. But there are plenty of folks out there who are, I guess, waffling between a couple different opportunities. Maybe it's not necessarily sports. Maybe it's just really any passion that they have in their heart that they want to go out and just have fun doing. But I know a lot of folks and a lot of folks that I talk to uh, have that back and forth struggle. They're not exactly sure which way to go. They feel their heart one way or their brain goes another way. What advice would you give to a person like that to uh, basically get them to follow their passion, essentially push them over the edge as uh, as easy as possible?
1: <laughs> well, I think that, you know, in order, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, in the in the 10,000 hour uh, theory that it takes 10,000 hours of, of work at some particular thing to become an expert. And I think if you want, you know, true success in a field, you have to become an expert in that field. You have to put in your 10,000 hours and, and in order to put in those 10,000 hours, you have to, you have to put a lot of time and commitment into something in a short amount of time. So you can't, you know, it's hard to just, it's not that I would advise someone to say, Oh, follow your heart or follow your mind. If you want, massive success in whatever industry or, or sport or profession that you're going at, you have to, you have to choose the direction that's going to allow you to put in that time. And, uh, and, and so if that's where your heart wants you to go, then, um, then that's a great, that's a great matchup. I mean, maybe in most people's cases, it's not that their heart is telling them one, one job or another their heart is telling them they want they want the most success that's possible so you know I think you know you need to choose the direction that allows you to spend the most possible time you can on on honing your skills in that craft so that you can become an expert so that you can make the best decisions and be the most competitive player in that market Uh, and that's that's how I would make make those decisions moving forward and you know I'm gonna have to make that decision for myself someday when when I retire from racing and, and move into a, another career, I'm going to have to choose, uh, you know, a path that's going to allow me to master uh, a profession.
0: Sure. Well, that's it's a good perspective, actually. I don't really hear that that often, but I suppose that, you know, it, it takes a it takes that real 10,000 hours and commitment to perfection in order to do what you do. So I'm really appreciative of that. And um, the last question I normally ask, where can we find you? But I'm sure, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Landon Castle, and on the track itself. So instead, I'll ask something different. Uh, of all the races we got left, I know we got, I believe, Chicagoland next week, right? Um, and uh, what, what track are you looking forward to the most in the rest of um, the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, man, it's hard to say because I feel like, um, you know, with Richmond coming right up, I've, um, I'm really looking forward to Richmond. Um, I, I, I do love Chicago, um, but you know, the the short tracks I feel like are, are going to be good ones. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I I definitely have the plan to go to Talladega um, and really not hold back at all. And and I, I feel like I'm kind of willing to risk it all at Talladega this fall. Um, great. And, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to get a win there. So I look forward uh, to
0: seeing that front row has done historically very well Dega. That's the famous yeah. one to finish. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Yep. Well, I look forward to, to seeing either live or, uh, or of course I'll be glued to the TV just like everybody else. Um, but for the, for the moment, Landon, you have a good rest of the week and uh, I hope you have a good rest of the season. Um, and thanks very much for coming on the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. He does a lot of that. All at Landon Castle and Facebook at Landon Castle fans. That's Castle C-A-S-S-I-L-L. And of course, you can watch him every weekend of the NASCAR season, including this weekend as the series heads to Talladega Super Speedway. That's the one if you remember Landon said he was especially excited for in our conversation coverage begins this sunday october the 15th and you can catch all the action at 2 p.m on nbc thanks again landon for joining the show it was a pleasure to chat with you and as a big fan of yours it was an awesome experience to learn more about your story and i'll be there in person to watch the race down at texas a little bit later this year To hear more from this program and to keep up to date, head over to the podcast app or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. If you have time while you're at it, leave me a rating as well. I'd really appreciate that. You can also leave a written review, too. And I know that takes a little bit more time, but I appreciate it just the same. Actually, a little bit more. Let's just say that. Elsewhere, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at to dare is Human, and Tadara'sHuman.com is, is the place where I aggregate everything and take your written or voice-recorded suggestions for new content, connections to new guests, and just overall feedback from me. All right, I'll be back again next week with another great story to be shared, another great dare to be divulged. And until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for listening, and you'll hear from me again next week. Peace. Like what you hear? Stay up to date with To Dare as Human by subscribing and following across social media. And until next time, keep daring.